I'm Tariq Moody for Hyphen, where we connect to culture. Most people think of the harp as an instrument primarily meant for classical music, but harpist and composer Brandy Younger is working to change that perception. She is championing the harp as an instrument for jazz. Set to release on April 7th, Younger's upcoming album, Brand New Life, aims to illustrate the harp as a focal instrument in jazz. The album is inspired by another jazz harpist trailblazer, Dorothy Ashby, whose music continued to influence jazz, hip-hop, and R&B. Produced by Chicago's drummer Makaya McRaven, Brand New Life features hip-hop producers Pete Rock and Ninth Wonder, both known for sampling Ashby's music. The album also has guest appearances from Michelle and the Gale Cello and Moo Moo Fresh. The album celebrates the work of Ashby with select reinterpretations of her music along with original works from Younger. I talk with Younger about the album, Dorothy Ashby, the harp as a jazz instrument, being a black woman in a jazz scene dominated by men, and more. I appreciate taking the time to uh, chat with us. Oh, I'm so happy to. I got some family in Milwaukee, so I like Milwaukee. Oh, are you going to come here for a tour? You know what? I don't think it's on the list. Tell them to hire me. Oh, right. <laughs> so the tour's already locked down, I'm guessing you're saying. Yeah, but we're still adding some dates, but I'm trying to think. We're doing like Detroit, but I don't think Milwaukee's on it. Oh, okay. Well, I can talk to some people, see what we can do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You have a new album, really excited, called Brand New Life, and it has some interesting guests. Uh, Pete Rock and Ninth Wonder, Moo Moo Fresh, Michelle Indigo Cello, and Makaya McCraven, who's been to Milwaukee a few times. And you were on uh, Makaya McCraven's album, uh, it was a couple years ago, right? can't remember the name of the album. Actually, the last, so I was on um, Universal Beings, and yes. also In These Times, which is the one that's out now. Okay. Uh, so talk to me about the inspiration behind this album, and uh, why these collaborators? So this album super, super special for a number of reasons, but... The main purpose of me doing this is really to sort of celebrate and amplify Dorothy Ashby's work, but also pushing the harp forward. Really, really, I've been working my whole career to try to get this instrument in front of non-usual harp audiences, if that (laughs) makes sense. Trying to just take it out of its traditional settings And have people listen to it, people that normally wouldn't be listening to the harp. And that's really something that Dorothy Ashby did. And I'm thrilled about this record because we recorded some of Dorothy Ashby's music that has never been recorded before. So there's some exclusiveness happening. And I'm really thrilled about that. And I was talking kind of like a few years ago to Micaiah about wanting to do it. And he's like, oh, can you make sure I'm a part of it? And he ended up producing the record, you know? So he produced the whole record. And in thinking about guests, I really wanted people that had a kinship, people that really loved her music and loved her as an artist. At the same time, I wanted it to be clear that this is a new record of new music, whether that new music is hers or mine. So there's some original music on there. And then, of course, we threw a few covers in to please everyone. <laughs> so that really was um, the inspiration behind it. So the first person that came to mind, of course, was Pete Rock. And I've always wanted to work with him. 
And my way of getting to him has been long. Like <laughs> I did this, I did this radio interview on um, B- WBGO used to have this show called The Checkout. And I remember years ago, I was like, I just want to work with Pete Rock and then I'm good. And then I'm good. And years ago, the artist Mac Wilds put out his debut record and Salam Remy produced that. And I played on it and he sent me this track. Can you play over this? And I said, um, Salam, is this a Pete Rock track? And he's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> so I was super excited. So that was the first time that we like worked together, but didn't work together. And then Daru Jones called me to play on um, Peach Dramentals 3. So again, I'm wow. like working, working with him, but not. So this was like, hey, it's me. Hi, I'm that harpist on this and that, you know? <laughs> And I told him about the project and he is such a huge, huge admirer of her work. So, I mean, that was a no brainer for me. That was a no brainer. So I've been a fan of Dorothy Ashby and the story goes, because I'm also, you know, I used to DJ a lot, buy a lot of vinyl, buy a lot of vinyl. One of my favorite stores is Dusty Groove. So I go to website and I use it like I buy, I was just trying to find new stuff. So a lot of times they show the album artwork. And I saw the album artwork for the Rubiot of Dorothy Ashby. And I was like, dude, I want to get this. So I got it. And this is probably over 20 years ago. And I was blown away and I became a fan of Dorothy Ashby because of that. Um, so tell me your introduction to hot harp. How did you get in? How did, how did, how did you just decide on the harp? What inspired you to harp? Like, and what was the first time you heard Dorothy? What, when you first heard that, was that related to you getting a harp or was that after Well, I guess there's a few answers. There are a few answers. Um, I heard her and didn't know before I started playing harp. Um, I'm New York, born and raised on Long Island, and I'm growing up listening to hip hop, you know, like everyone else around. And I was listening to Pete Rock, you know, Mm -hmm. not knowing what I was listening to. And then also, even though this was, so I'm saying this is the 90s, right? Like early 90s. Even though this album did not come out anytime near the 90s, I've always listened to songs in the key of life like it just came out yesterday. Mm. So then there was also If It's Magic and I never put the dots together. Mm. It wasn't until after I started playing harp and really saw nobody that looked like me and really didn't hear anyone that was playing music that was really soulful. So it was sort of the combination of this woman playing the harp, she's playing this popular music that that my parents would want to listen to and that my friends would want to listen to. She was playing the music of her time. She's black and she's a woman. So automatically I was drawn to her immediately. You brought about kind of a key thing, a representation. Um, as a black woman in a male dominant world of jazz, how have you navigated the industry? What have challenges you have faced I mean, not only you're, you're a black woman in the industry, but you're playing an instrument that's very, you know, on the face of it, non-traditional. When I think of what, like, she had to endure mm-hmm. <laughs> and what Alice Coltrane had to endure, I just, like, shut my mouth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> because we're talking... 50s and the 60s, late Mm -hmm. 60s. There was a lot going on, you know? Um, But for me, it has been, I feel like we, of course, there are some of the same challenges, but there are also different challenges just being in this time, you know? Of course, things changed 
a little bit Mm -hmm. since the Me Too movement, where there are festivals consciously trying to, um, you know, book equal. They're trying to do a 50-50 thing. A lot of them have made these pledges. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, is it going to last? Is it going to (laughs) last? But I'm actually super thrilled because here we are. It's been a number of years and we're starting to see more and more. I'm thrilled um, for my friend, Lakeisha Benjamin. You know, she's like killing the game right now. Um, Not because she's a woman, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's really what it's about. Not because you're a woman, just because you're a bad player, you know? Yeah. So the the gender thing is always going to be a thing. And I try my hardest to just push through it. And I'm also fortunate enough to work with a lot of of my band members. They're very conscious. They're very aware. And they know how to work with us, you know, and and, you know, they like, well, I got to keep my job. I got to keep my job. (laughs) They're a little silly, but they're also, as they would call it, feminists. Okay. Let's go back to the album. Like, I mean, I want to talk about this intro, the running game intro. Well, uh, no, it's the same, same thing happened. Men have not changed. They might have become a little more intelligent uh, educationally, but as far as game, men been running game from day one. Who's on that? And um, where that inspiration for that? track because i started listening to it and i like played it again i'm like who's on talking that conversation Tariq. okay Tariq, i'm cracking up because you're the first interview i'm doing on this record Mm -hmm. the very first good good morning america but like this is the first interview so i'm listening to you like how do you know about that like (laughs) oh yeah so what is hilarious is that there's so much of this album that ended up foreshadowing my personal life, but we won't get into that. But that is clearly my mama and my aunt. That is my mama and her sister talking. And, you know, we cut it, we cut it for time, but it was longer. But what I was doing was reading the lyrics to that Dorothy Ashby original. Mm. These were her lyrics. So I'm like, I didn't say these words. She said these words. So I asked my mom, my aunt, I go, guys, so what do you think about these? And we actually weren't going to, I was like, I I think I want this interlude on. And they were like, no, no. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think, I think I want to leave it there. So we ended up leaving it in there. (laughs) So yeah, that's my family. And on the album, talk about how you approach the the collaboration. Were they in the studio together? Like, how do you, how do you approach collaboration, especially on this album? So we recorded the basis of the record trio, just harp, bass, and drums in Makaya's house in his home studio. So I was in Chicago. Really, yeah, yeah. We recorded this in Makaya's house in his home studio, and the basis of it was bass, harp, and drums. So we laid everything down last year and then from then started to listen to it and think about, you know, who could be a fit for this. So like for dust, Michelle and Digicello was the first person I asked. I said, I've got this Dorothy Ashby original and this is from the Rubiat of Dorothy Ashby. I don't know if you recognize it because it sounds so different mm-hmm. than, than what's on her record. And the answer was an immediate yes. And I almost like fell down in the chair. <laughs> so everything with a guest was done after. Okay. 
you know, Micaiah had folks come to the house and add parts. Um, Michelle, Pete Rock, Ninth Wonder, they all did it from their respective homes. Uh, Mumu Fresh did it from her home. And how's that collaboration? Like, you know, I'm, I'm only been a few times in a studio recording. What's that? Does that change the creative output when you do it that way? Or when you try to do a jam session, like what's your thoughts on that? There's always a dynamic that you have when you are in person, Mm -hmm. um, because there's, and I hate to say this word, but there's the vibe, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this vibe that you have. It's like when you attend a concert, it's so much different than listening to the record because there's this energy that is in a live performance that is also in a studio. Of course, you don't get the live performance energy in the studio. However, I didn't know what we were going to leave the studio with. So there was so much creation that happened that this was the best way to get it done because there wasn't a, um, there wasn't really a blueprint where I said, okay, we're going to do this, this way, this, this way, and this, this way ahead of time. We did it and then worked from there. And then I want to go back to Dorothy Ashby. One of the things I also love about her, she, she, she got into the Japanese Koto. Is that something of, of interest to you? It's not of interest to me, but a lot of people do ask. Um, they ask a lot about, would you learn the Korra? Because the sound, you know, that it's mm-hmm. definitely the same family. And that's, yeah, Dorothy Ashby's playing, what is that, For Some We Love on the Rubiat. It's such a cool, cool sound, but I've actually never tried to play one before. Let's talk about jazz. Like, um, I'm a big fan of jazz, especially what's going on now. Um, I love the UK scene. I want to know what triggered you. What was the first thing you heard that says this? This is this is where I want to go. Probably Blue Nile by Alice Coltrane. Okay. How old were you? I was in high school. So high school. like I was already listening, you know, and, and I, I played trombone and jazz band and marching band and my teachers, you know, we were playing tunes and, you know, but in terms of the harp and playing, that was Alice Coltrane, um, if that makes sense. Did you start playing a harp in high school? Junior, um, maybe I was 11-ish. There's a question mark there. And when they're like, because you know that instrument is not like portable. So like, what was the, did you have an instrument response from your folks or peers and like about you deciding on the harp as an instrument? Yeah, it's weird. You know, you start on a smaller instrument, so your parents don't exactly know what you're getting into when you start because it's half the size of what we play mm. as an adult. So, um, you know, I started and I only played at home. I didn't play at school. So it didn't really become a thing until I played like a, it was a theater production of The Wiz at, at my high school and had to bring the harp to the high school. And then people are looking like, who, what? And I lived on the block of my high school. So by the time I got to high school, I would literally wheel the harp to school. It took about 10 minutes to wheel it. 
to and from school until <laughs> eventually my aunt, who you hear on the record, she was the head of the music and art, um, you know, chairperson in the district. Mm-hmm. She arranged for a harp rental by the time I got to 11th or 12th grade so that I could go to school and practice at school and also have one at home. Yeah, I can imagine like, you know, parents, you always jokes like, I hope my kid learns the instrument. I hope it's not a drum. But I can imagine a parent saying, you want to learn a harp. Now, how am I going to get this in and out? <laughs> Nobody thinks of that. It's so cute <laughs> until you have to go somewhere. Again, the jazz, there's been a lot of stories. I mean, the jazz scene, I feel like it's it's very interesting now. I mean, I guess because you're in it, looking at it. But I've seen a lot more younger people, especially in genres you wouldn't think people would be interested in jazz. Um, I think people like yourself, Kamasi, Makaya, uh, Lakeisha, Benjamin... How do you feel that jazz has evolved over the years and where you see it heading in the future? That's like a loaded question. <laughs> um, I do appreciate that the community is embracing the changes in the music because, you know, there's a there was a time where, you know, there are how do I say this? There, there are young people who won't listen to jazz because they just associate it with a time period. Mm-hmm. And if it's always associated with a specific time period, you know, we're never going to like, like live. (laughs) So for me, I think it's really important when younger, younger people are listening to it and really enjoying it and coming out and supporting it and buying the records and streaming the music and having fun with it and it not being a date night special occasion. (laughs) You know, yeah, just like any other concert, right? Just like going, just like any other concert for the most part. Um, and they'll performing live, like seeing a harpist perform live, at least for me, is very fascinating, especially when it's an ensemble. Can you describe particularly uh, a memorable performance or a session you've been part of throughout your career and what made it stand out for you? A memorable performance. So one of the most memorable performances was not because of the performance. Um, It was the grand opening of the shed down in the Hudson Yards in New York. They opened up the venue with a series called The Soundtrack of America that was curated by Steve McQueen and Quincy Jones. And when I tell you everyone and their mama was on this series, everyone and their mama was on this series. (laughs) And so not only... Was it this huge, huge, like I ended up playing at least three times on three different occasions. So I was there multiple concerts. So it's just this like congregating of all these musicians, almost like a festival. But we were at home. (laughs) We were at home. And that's actually when I first and I was very embarrassed to admit this, but honesty is the best policy. I was late to the game. And that's when I discovered Tank and the Bangers, who's my favorite band, <laughs> like like hands down favorite band. Um, they were there. Everyone was there. John Pantis, Keon Harrell, Braxton Cook, Kelsey Lou, Moses Sumney, um, Corey Henry. I mean, literally everyone was there. And Quincy Jones made it a point to talk to each of us, to make himself accessible to 
each and every one of the performers. So for me, that was huge. That's like, that's like my top, my top 10 in my top Um, 10 for sure. I would just love to have a, 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 a whiskey with him. Like just, just I seen the documentaries, he, how he talks and his stories. I that's I can understand that. That'd be a dream conversation just to hang out with Quincy Jones and the stories he would tell. Um, and uh, finally, you kind of mentioned the show to shed. Um, you know it's festival season. If you were to be able to book your ideal festival, oh no, who would be on that lineup? Oh man. Okay. So we're going to have tank and the bangers. <laughs> we're going to have, um, I think we're going to have Christian Scott. We're going to have, um, we're going to have, um, wow. Well, are we dead or alive? Cause I'm thinking current right now, but can we, how far yeah, are we going? We, Cause we'd be flexible. Then I'm going to just erase everything I just said. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna have Marvin Gaye. We're gonna have Earth, Wind, and Fire. We're also gonna have Tank and the Bangers. We're of course gonna have Prince. We're gonna have Michael Jackson. Are you surprised? We're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to have. Um, oh, if Tammy Terrell could join Marvin Gaye. Okay. Oh, that'd be nice. That would be ideal. I also want Gladys Knight. Mm. because I feel like when I'm older, I'm going to look like her. That's interesting. I look forward about, I never thought about what I would look like when I get older, but I don't think about it every day, but people would say my grandmother looked like her and I totally see it. So I'm mm. darker than my grandmother. So I'm feeling like I have the best shot at being this. <laughs> um, yeah. Pharaoh Sanders. Oh, we're going to have, Oh, okay. We can't answer this question because it's not fair. And it's going to be one of those festivals that doesn't end. <laughs> well, it was a good start. Like, I just want to get the vibe of who you like to see. And, and and finally, on this album, what do you hope listeners will take from it? And what do you want to, what do you, what do you want them to get from this new project? I really want to really put it in front of folks that, that dig soulful music, that, Dig music that usually doesn't have a harp, not afraid to open their ears and open their minds, you know, to um, to something different, you know, and, and not think of it as, oh, this is a harp album. It happens to be a harp album. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in that also celebrating um, Ashby's legacy and really just pushing pushing the music forward, pushing the instrument forward and really just taking it outside of its norm. 